And I did something today that I never thought I would ever do. I retweeted Albert Breer. No, I'm just kidding. I have no beef with Albert Breer, but I did want to pass along a nugget. I'm sure that you've you've seen it. The thing, it's a tweet that has close to 30,000 likes. Here's what he wrote. Little nugget I picked up. Bears quarterback Justin Fields apologized to his teammates after Chicago's loss to the Falcons in the locker room postgame. Told them the defense gave the offense a chance and the offense didn't get it done. Went a long way with guys after he had played hurt. To Albert's understanding, and the tweet goes on, my understanding is Fields' defensive teammates stopped him as he was finishing the apology, told him they had his back. Really cool moment for everyone there. A nice sign of where Matt Eberflus has taken the culture in Chicago. And I guess that's one of the things that I really want to start digging in on because the culture, the the, the team in general, you got to love it. I mean, obviously, I'm still, you know, and I argue with the producers. I am still a person that wants to go out and win football games. I really do. I want to go out and I want to see Justin succeed. I want to change the entire narrative so we don't have to hear about how he's a running back or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, you want to, you want to see some wins. But ultimately, you want to make sure that this team is coming together in the correct ways. And you compare that to a team that is doing well this season, that has a stacked defense. And I think you know who we're talking about. We're going to be seeing them this week. The two cultures are very different. And so what does that mean for this coming week? Well, guess what? We got plenty of time to talk about that. And we will do that right after Sammy goes ahead and starts the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. And we'll be discussing Justin Fields and taking all of your questions And speaking of Justin Fields, what is going on with his shoulder injury? Well, to help us get to the bottom of that, we will welcome our co-host from Fox Sports, from various other enterprises. It is the great Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm good. You're good. good. Fresh off a plane. Fresh fresh off a plane. Right about to get on another one tomorrow. It's it's it's. But made time for here, obviously. Well, we always appreciate you coming on. We know that you have a very busy schedule. It's easy. Like people go like, Rank, you're busy. And I'm like, I'm busy, but I, I, I come to the same location. I go to Inglewood. It's like 20 miles from my house. Like it's a very, it's a very charmed life for me. You're gallivanting around the world. Where were you flying in from? Flew in from LA, heading to Minneapolis tomorrow. So I'm home for Ooh. a grand total of 16 hours. <laughs> When did, did you just get back like four minutes ago or something? What's going on? Yeah, like I, I stepped off the plane a couple hours ago and finally got home. So, well, we appreciate you being here. And <laughs> I, I won't press you on Midway or uh, O'Hare. They can talk about that in the comments. But what do we know? Gosh, it really feels weird because it doesn't feel like we have the whole story with Justin Fields. And partly I don't care because we don't, we don't personally need to know. But what do you know about Justin Fields and his injury right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody has a straight answer, and that's kind of been historically what this team has done and Matt Matt Eberflus has done. I mean, he almost subscribes to uh, the hockey version of, of, you know, reporting on injuries. It's an upper body injury. It's a lower body injury, and that's all you're getting. Uh, The bottom line is that they don't have any incentive to discuss Justin Fields' injury until they have to, until they put him on an injury report. Uh, I know there's been conf- conflicting reports from various network insiders, um, but they've just been very historically mum about, or this this regime has been very mum this season about, and I think they downplay injuries a lot. And I mean, it, they are very hyper aware of competitive advantage. And so I think they want the Jets obviously to have to prepare for all scenarios um, because Justin Fields is a very different quarterback than, um, you know, anybody else really that they have on that roster that's going to that's going to step in. So, um, yeah. And they but at the same time, the Bears are facing the same thing in New York because they don't know who they're going to be facing as far oh. as who's under center. 
Yeah, we're, we're shaking in our boots, hoping we don't have to face Zach Wilson. Uh, that has been blowing up this week as well. I mean, Joe Flacco actually played very well to the point of like, I don't know why they were in such a hurry to rush Zach Wilson back, especially when you're competitive. I guess that's the one good thing about the Bears not being in the playoff chase, so to speak, is that eh, we don't need to worry. I mean, Justin is our best quarterback, so there really isn't right. much of an issue. Well, Although, Jets, don't, don't sleep on my guy, Trevor. That's I, that's all I got to say is, is my is my, a, is my wild cat. Not a disrespect to Trevor at all. We love Trevor Simeon. We love it. Listen, I love all these backups. Chase Daniel is a friend of mine. Like these guys, I understand. But like I, I, I said this to Chase to his face uh, last night. I go, you know, if you're a backup, you're a backup. Like no disrespect to you. Like there's, listen. If I was it's a really time, good gig, if you can get it, are you getting best kid? What are you What are you talking about? Like I, I made it's the joke one time. Gig. We do a thing. We do a segment on Monday night called uh, "Cut to the Chase," and the first week we did it, I said, "How do we find a photo of Chase throwing the football? Like what is What is it from pregame? What this can't be from a game?" Uh, he smiled. I will say this: like it's a pretty good gig, and I think Trevor Simeon is a very capable quarterback who could come in here and win games for us. But with the Jets, and this has been a big thing that's been going round and round over the last couple of days, and the fight is really coming between the Jets and the Bears because I think most people, most casual observers, would say the Jets are much better off with, would be much better off with Justin Fields. Is that an accurate statement? If they face Justin Fields? I mean, they have no, 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 no. If the Jets had drafted... Oh, Justin the Jets had drafted. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think what we're seeing is like Justin is by far and away the most exciting and the best quarterback to come out of that class. I think we maybe overhyped that class up until this point. Yeah. Um, you know, all the for all the talk that there was about Trevor Lawrence and um, I mean, and even Zach Wilson for that matter. And now you're seeing that Justin Fields has kind of risen to the top. It took a little bit. Of, it took a little while, but that's okay. I mean, he's. I've said it before. He's where this league is going as far as his skill set. These teams are prioritizing these dual threat quarterbacks. Although I think that in order to be a true dual threat quarterback, we still should need to see more out of him and his passing game. Um, And I like, I, people are very sensitive online to saying that there's still questions out on Justin Fields. And if he answered all of the questions that the bears front office had about him, I'm not convinced he has. I mean, he's absolutely a like a dynamic runner. He's fantastic. And I know what he did at Ohio State as far as from the pocket. I know that he has that capability. But the bottom line is we haven't seen that as far as his throws from the pocket and what he can do as far as processing and all that other stuff in the quarterback role. We haven't seen enough of that yet. And I think it's completely fair that the Bears would have some questions on that. I mean, is he going to get you points? Is he going to be productive? Yes, but that is primarily as a runner right now. And Mm. that's not something that's sustainable, as we've seen, because he's so beaten up right now. I mean, he had 18 carries in the game on Sunday. That was his season high. Like, the Bears have pushed and pushed and pushed him. And I know there's there's a sweet spot that I think they kind of bulldozed past as far as getting him comfortable Yes, you need to incorporate the run game, give him some more design runs, let him have a little bit more autonomy over that so he can, you know, pick and choose the places he gets hit and all the other stuff. But when you're carrying the ball 18 times, a majority, a vast majority of which were design runs, not just scrambles, um, he's taking way too many hits and he's dealing with multiple injuries by the time this game was over. And one of which we don't know how the, the severity of. Yeah. And it's and those are fair critiques. I think over the last couple of games, he's had an opportunity to win ball games at the end. And that's, you know, you want to see the progression right there. But at the right. same time, like, listen, Sunday night, you know, Justin Herbert had plenty of time to go down yeah. and drive and, and try to get a, a tying score. So it's not like it's not like every quarterback automatically leads a game tying or game winning drive. Like it does take some time to develop those skills. Yeah. I think that. For me, I, I just feel like given the limitations, and this is probably some of the things that people are talking about, like we didn't really surround him with enough to be able to fully judge. But I think if, he, if you're the Bears front office, though, there's there's got to be no way that you would draft a quarterback in the first round. I don't care where we land. I don't care if we end up with the number one pick, the number three pick. I don't think that it would be fair to draft a quarterback at this point. He's not Josh Rosen. You know, he's yeah. he's proven like some of these other guys that 
you know, teams moved off of very quickly. I think that he's done personally. I think that he's done enough to where you're like, you get another year at least now yeah. long-term, like, you know, if, if things are happening next season uh, where you're not winning games, he's not throwing, he's not progressing. Okay. Fair. We yeah. can enter into that conversation. I think for this season, I would even suggest that he's further than a lot of people expected at this point of the season. We had Connor Orr on the show on Friday, you know, where he was already apologizing. He's like, yeah, I missed that one. And I think that, you know, and it's fair. It's fair. It's like, okay, like you might've missed that one. And I think that, you know what? I think that we're starting to see what a lot of us expected from Justin Fields coming into these games. So I think that if you're the Jets, you have an opportunity. Like you, the Jets should be able to be like, we need to take a look at this. Now I'm not saying the Jets go out there and spend a first round pick because it's not going to be a good first round pick, but like, I'm not saying you use a first round pick on Justin Field or on a quarterback, but it's like, you got to be concerned about Zach Wilson. And by the way, I was alluding to what I was getting at before. It's like Jets fans, don't be mad at us. Like, don't, don't get upset with us because we drafted Justin Fields because of your mistake. Like, I don't remember anybody going after Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs like that. No, we were, we were upset with Ryan Pace. Your anger should be reserved for the, for the, the Jets front office for their decision makers, uh, all the quarterbacks that they passed over, all the players that they passed over. Like, think about not only just the quarterbacks, like there was like Jamar Chase. There were some other, you know, great players in that draft. That first round has actually had a, uh, a bunch of good players who have competed on the NFL level. They are like, you know, it wasn't just the quarterbacks. So, but I, I think ultimately we um, – I don't know. I think that he's proven enough this season. Like we're going to give it a go next year and then we'll see they'll build. They got all the salary cap. I would suggest that we're ahead of schedule, but that's okay. Uh, what about for this week though? Let me ask you, no matter what the injury is, what the severity is of it, I almost believe, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, that maybe you give Justin the week off. The jets are a very good defense because the following week is green Bay. And if I'm being truthful, I kind of want Justin ready to go and I want to beat the Packers and then go into the bye week with a win. And I don't know if that's a terrible take or whatever. How do you feel about that? I don't think that's a terrible take at all. I think that they I think they would be silly to play him this week, quite honestly. Like I just there's no there's no real reason to at this point. Like you're far and away out of the playoff race at this point. And it's just, it's one of the things where I mean, not far and away. I know there's a chance there's a small chance, yeah. but like, yeah, I mean, maybe prioritize just getting the man some rest. Like I said, he had this, his most work this last game and he was dealing with multiple injuries, which one of which was probably his cramps were probably in, uh, caused by exhaustion. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's doing everything at this point. And again, like, especially if you're still running these plays to be productive and you're running these plays to score points and all that other stuff. And you're not quite focusing on developing him as a passer in these games, then like, yeah, don't, don't, you know, especially with like, you still have questions along the offensive line. I I just like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that you, I think you, he's earned some rest, give him some rest right now. And then, yeah. Cause like beating the Packers is the best thing right now that the bears can do. Yeah. Like they're not, again, not contenders. You're building this year. We'll, we'll talk about that next year, you know, as far as being contenders and, and having a real shot at this thing, but we're now almost backed up to December at this point the victories are going to come over division opponents and especially to include the Packers. So if you have the chance to rest Justin Fields, I, I would, even if it is just an AC sprain. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who actually played in the league a long time and has had multiple AC injuries in his life, AC joint injuries. And um, he's played through them. He said it's, it's, it's possible to play through them. Um, But there is risk for further damage when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I know it's not his throwing shoulder, but for as dynamic of a runner as he is, all the last thing you want him to do is be he- be hesitating as a yeah. runner because then that that can lend itself to more injuries. So like, let him rest. Just even, you know, even if he could fight through it and play, try, you know, try and there's, there's an element of having to save these guys from themselves. Yeah. Um, even if he says he can play. Uh, yeah. Let, let my guy, let my guy Trevor. Just, yeah, just, let him play. Let him play. You, know, you, got, you got the ground game. Yeah, lean on that. Just I'm with it. 
You know what? I, I agree with you. I, uh, I feel like it's your friend. It's one 30 in the morning and they're wandering up to the bar and they're like, where are you going? Like, oh, we're going to go do some you don't more need shots. That exercise. Like, oh, no, no, you don't need to do that. We need to, you don't need that. We, need extra shot. No. we got a big day tomorrow. Why don't we worry about that? I think that we should be focusing on beating the Packers and th- hopefully the last time that we face Aaron Rodgers, we send him out with a loss and then Justin can do the belt dance and I own you and we'll do all that stuff. And then we'll just make Take a year out of, it. of the fact that the Packers are like, they're working out Geronimo Allison. Like yeah. they're just, they're just bringing back guys from where Aaron Rodgers passed, I think to like placate him at this point. And yes. they're not in a good spot. So like take advantage of this. If you're the bears. Yeah. They're in a very terrible spot and I could not be more <laughs> delighted. I still see I'm, but I'm so excited. I, I, again, I've been a believer in Justin Fields since day one. I mean, going back to his time at Ohio State, even in my pre-draft analysis back in the day, I had Justin as the number. I, I knew that Jacksonville was taking Trevor Lawrence, so I didn't even bother getting into it. But, you know, I was like, I can't believe that anybody would be taking any one of these quarterbacks over Justin Fields. It never made sense to me. And that pro day, this is why you should cancel pro days. Like, they play college football. You can kind of adjust this. You know, You know who can play, who can't play. Uh, you should cancel the pro day. I would tell my scouts, like, don't go to the pro day. That's too much. Like, honestly, the combine even. The combine is good for, like, the meetings and stuff and, like, yeah. the way that the front offices get to meet with players one-on-one. But as far as, like, the drills and stuff go, which is what they do at the pro day, like, I was also talking to Detroit's uh, receivers coach about this the other day. And it, there's a difference between the other weekend, I should say. There's a difference between, like, a 40 time being, like, straight line speed and then play speed. Because we were yeah. talking about Amon Ross St. Brown, and he was like, you know, his, his 40 time lacked a little bit. That's probably why he fell in the draft, and, like, he was injured. Like, all of these things. And I'm like, but he's like, you turn on the tape, and you see him get separation. That's the speed that matters. And so a lot of this stuff is – I'm not saying that there's no value in it, but I feel like that value is still way overblown. And, like, we talk about 40 times, and it's great. And if you're a receiver that's, like, purely a vertical threat, I guess, you know – that yeah. comes into play like a straight line 40. But I mean, you're, if anything, you should be paying more attention to the, the shuffle speeds and all that kind of stuff, because that's more applicable to what you're going to be doing in a game and how you're, but the tape really tells, tells all. And I think that's the that dirty is- little secret of all of this is front offices even know that scouts and, and GMs and coaches and all of that. There's a reason they study these guys tape and it's because like, they're not, they don't see much from the drills when it comes to the combine or the pro days or whatever. Yeah. There's a, there's a very wise man who once said the tape never lies. I think he built a network out of it, but in any event, you know, like that's the thing, like we've watched these guys play football. Let's do it. It reminds me of when Cooper cup and like the senior bowl, like that's what I want to see. Like if you're doing well in the senior bowl and places like that, that should be eye opening. Like Cooper cup, who was an amazing player who went out there, uh, dominated, his uh, his college division. You're like, okay, but how does he do against his peers? So he goes to the Senior Bowl, and he plays very well. And then and, and you're like, okay, well, this guy, it, it solidified everything that I thought about him. He's a good player. He played well in the Senior Bowl. He's going to be fine. Then he goes to the Underwear Olympics, and he doesn't run a fast enough 40, and then all of a sudden people put him in the third round and don't think he's athletic. So to me – I don't know. We get wrapped up. This is how we end up with with Cooper Cup going in the third round and Justin Fields or uh, Justin Fields falling in the draft. But uh, yeah, that's how you end up with Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. And (laughs) it wasn't like he was from a power five conference. He was from an independent team. It doesn't even play it like the Notre Dame schedule seems robust, although I know Notre Dame plays a lot of ACC teams. So that might not be fair, but I don't know. You got to. You got to be better and your balance. And again, Jets fans, stop being mad at us. Like we didn't make that call. I mean, are they listen. mad at it? Are they mad at it? They are. They're trying to make themselves feel better by saying that Justin Fields is no good. And you're like, well, that's not the case. And this is another thing too. I know that he's injured uh, right now. They're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, running quarter. I go, I get it. Quarterbacks who can run, but Josh Allen got injured from the pocket. So he, yeah. he got injured from the pocket. Tom Brady missed an entire season from the pocket. So like football's a violent game. Like guys are going to get hurt. So I don't know. I'm happy. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't either. I like, I, I feel like people think I'm a Justin Fields hater. I'm not a Justin Fields hater. I really, really like, it. and I think that he can get there. I'm just saying that I think it's fair to have questions about him as a passer still at this level 
because we haven't seen enough. And I think he's warranted absolutely another year. Like, I don't think that they should be in the market for a quarterback in the first round this year. But I do think that there are some things that are left unanswered when you're talking grand scheme franchise quarterback, quarterback of the future. This is it. This is our guy for the next decade and a half. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like there's everyone likes to talk. I feel like in extremes and it's like either he's not the guy at all, or he's the guy for the next 15 years. And I'm like, there's, there's something in between here and there's an evaluation to be had about who this guy is. And that's all I'm saying. I think he's a fantastic athlete. I think he's a great, great leader. Obviously everyone loves playing for him with him. You know, his coaches love him. He's got work ethic, you know, like you wouldn't believe. I think he's a great kid. I think he's super talented. I think he can get, get there. I just don't know that we've seen enough from him yet. That's I'm all like, I'm saying. I'm like Karnacki. I've seen enough. I'm calling the race. He's our quarterback of the future. I said, listen, I watch, I watch a lot of coverage over the last couple of weeks, so I feel like I'm in that mode. I've called it uh, with 80% of the precincts reporting, um, <laughs> but I feel fair that way. Um, what do we say? Let's 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 ask, let's uh, let's get some questions in here. Let's see what we got, Sammy. Sure. We got. I'm sure that there's people, and there's probably people upset at you now. Um, aside from wins, what should the Bears be playing for if Field sits for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, what is, what are the Bears doing? Like, let's say that for whatever reason that Justin cannot play, uh, he needs surgery or whatever it is. What do the Bears play for in that sense? I still think there's some guys who need to develop. I think there's guys like Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins that you want to see some more out of. What have, What is the incentive if Justin is out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's yes, there's 10 other guys on the offense other than Justin Fields that are still meshing. They're still, especially the receiver core. Um, and, you know, you still need to kind of figure out this offense. I do think the other thing we're not talking enough about is Luke Getzey as a play caller. He needs to keep developing as a play caller because this is his first time doing it. And if you don't have Justin Fields, who your offense is kind of tailored to in there, that's going to hinder Getzey's progress, I feel like, right. too. He's just going to kind of revert back to whatever system he had before he kind of tailored it uh, because he's going to have a completely different quarterback under center, someone who doesn't have Fields' skill set. So I think that that is going to – that's also going to hurt. Not only will it hurt Justin Fields because he will be out, but it will hurt Luke Getze as a play caller and as just kind of an overall, like, scheme developer like and someone that can evolve, you know, the concepts and stuff that he's learned up until this point. Um, it's, it's so important, I feel like, for play callers to be proactive rather than just reactive. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what separates these guys is if you can set up, you know, defenses in, in the plays that you're calling, like green Bay actually did a really, did this really well, even though, you know, on Thursday night where they had, uh, they had both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field in one yeah. of those pro sets flanking Aaron Rodgers. They ran that, they, they, they brought that look and it was, I'm trying to think if it was in the third quarter, uh, same series, Third quarter, they same look, they ran three different plays out of it. So the first time it was like a crack toss. And so then the defense thinks that that's what's coming out of that formation. Well, then a couple plays later, they uh, hand it off to AJ Dillon, I believe. And then the play after that, they come out in the same personnel set and then they chuck it downfield. So off a play action pass. So it's like those type of things are the sign of a very well-developed play caller. And someone yeah. who is constantly trying to keep defenses on their toes and you get the offense into a rhythm and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't come right away. That comes with a lot of experience. But I think that those are the best play callers. So this is my long rant to say that Luke right. Getzey still needs to develop through no fault of his own. Like I said, he's new to this and we need to give him that grace period. So I'm not going to come down on him too hard, but you, you can't just be reactive uh, when it comes to, you know, what defenses are doing against you and all that, because a lot of times these defenses are are operating two, three steps ahead, thinking that, all right, we're going to, then you get defenses dictating you, which is the yeah. exact opposite of what you want. So uh, that would hurt. The long answer to what the Bears would play for is beat the Packers. There we go. Yeah, beat no, the that's, Packers. That's a long answer short. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> that, that, that really is the only thing that matters at this point. And it's funny, you know, when you talk about Luke Getze, uh, as we continue to track where he's been over the last couple over the season, where we started off the year with Luke Etsy is going to be so good. He's not going to be our 
offensive coordinator for more than a year. And then somewhere around week four, everybody was ready to fire him. Then we got to about week seven or eight, and then it was like fire Eberflus and make sure Getze doesn't get away. And I think after last week's game against the Falcons, a lot of people have concerns about how many times they ran Justin Fields. So now Getze can't coach anymore. This is exactly as you described. Like this is what goes on when somebody's on his first year on the job. And he's trying to balance between like, we want to win this game against Atlanta, what we feel is an, a winnable game. We want the players to be rewarded. Like, like that's another thing too, that you have to remember. Like as much as we want to talk about, Hey, we, you know, we're, we're getting a better draft pick. We're doing this. And the, it, that's all fair. There are 50 plus men who put their bodies through the ringer week in and a week out. And at some point they want to win. They want to go into a locker room with the satisfaction of a win. They want to go onto that airplane ride and uh, enjoy a win, not booze, apparently. They, the NFL does not. Make sure that you support Bud Light, who is an official sponsor of the NFL, but you know, don't do it on the airplane after the game. But the thing is, is they want to go out there and they want to celebrate. And they want to be, you know, they want some, you know, they want to be rewarded with something. I remember, you know, i we've all played athletics throughout our entire year, and it doesn't matter what level. I've been on a lot of terrible teams. And I can remember on those terrible teams, the times that we finally won, like my high school basketball team, my sophomore year, we were like one in 29. Oh, we beat Arlington. I'll never forget that game. Actually at eight points. But here's my thing. You want to go out there and you want to be rewarded for your hard work. So I think that's the number one thing. Like these guys want to live in the moment and be like, yeah, we want a football game because it means a lot to these people. Um, so I think that's what was what we were going to be going for. But Getsy, you know, all of it, you know, Dom Robinson, Kyler Gordon, uh, Jaquan Brisker, like all these young guys, Braxton Jones, like there's a lot, like, let me ask you, because I've, I've seen a lot of conflicting reports out there. Now our friend Clay Harbor, uh, he loves to break down the all 22s. He comes out, he goes, you know what? The Bears line's been playing a little bit. He's like, they're playing better than people are giving them credit for. He's not saying they're outstanding. He's like, he likes the progress that he's seen out of Braxton Jones. And then at the other time, there's some tape warriors we're like Braxton Jones is a bust. We'll cut him. Like what? It can't be both. Like what is going on? Uh, from what you've seen out of guys like Braxton Jones, what have you seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I think that it goes back to what he told me weeks ago, which was he just needs to get stronger. And this is not again. This is his first year in a league yeah. that is by far and away like he's got stiffer competition than he did back in college at Southern Utah. Like yeah. he's not used to going against these NFL defensive ends and he needs to be able to set himself a little bit more and feel more confident to be a little bit more aggressive. But I mean, for what they've asked him to do and the fact that they've asked him to be an immediate contributor, I mean, I think that he's done fine. Like, yeah. Is he the, t is he the top graded, you know, left tackle in the league? No, he has a long way to go. But I think you see the potential there and you see, I mean, he's a big dude and he wants to get bigger um, as far as, you know, being more solid and getting in the weight room and getting stronger and all those things. But I mean, he's got the intangibles that you need. He has the genetics that you need. To, he's already a, a big, tall dude with a big frame that yeah. can put on weight with a, with a true NFL offseason program. And as long as he sticks to it and the fact that he wants to get better, I feel like will serve him well. Um, and I mean, it, it, I, I agree with Clay though, that this line really hasn't played as badly as people think that they have. And especially with, you know, the lack of continuity and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you got to give these guys a lot of credit, even Sam Mustafer. Sam Mustafer is not the scapegoat of this line. I mean, there are yeah. breakdowns and miscommunications and all that other stuff, but like it's everyone. And it's just because there isn't continuity. Sam Mustafer is not the worst center in the league. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he's gotten, he's had his matchups, you know, he's lost some and he's, he's won some and he's held up. Um, and again, like, you know, they have a quarterback that can run, that can get himself out of trouble, that kind of stuff. So they're still getting to know him though. They're still getting, you know, getting to know Luke Getze, uh, you know, as, as a play caller and this new, you know, scheme that they have. So yeah. I think that they'll they'll be okay, and I I have to imagine that you know they're still going to add reinforcements, whether that's to the draft or even in free agency, um, or both. But again, I defer to I defer to Ryan Poles. He he knows yeah. that position better than anybody. 
That's so, true. Or the position group, I should say. So I, I, I trust that he's going to know, you know, what to do and, and have this line. But like, it just takes a little bit of time. And also, some of these breakdowns and protections, it's not even on the line because it's protection is much more than just the line. It's the, it's the, it's the tight ends. It's the running backs. It's all that kind of stuff. And so we've seen, you know, there was a couple times when Tristan Ebner just wasn't there as far as picking up defenders coming in and rushing in and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just the line. There's, there's breakdowns all over the protection scheme. And uh, I, again, it'll just come with time, which is not the sexy answer, but it's my answer. No. Yeah. I, I think that Braxton Jones has a lot of things that you just cannot coach. And there are some God given abilities that are only blessed upon a few people who walk this earth. He is certainly one of them. And at some point, it's all going to come together, as you said, getting stronger, getting better. But, you know, everybody wants to live in a microwave world. They want them good instantly. And you know what's funny is that when you look at rookie reports, Braxton Jones has been grading out very well. Like, he has done very well. And even when you compare him, when you, I know that, you know, take PFF rankings or things like that, as you will, he is playing better then some of the guys that I hear being like, well, the Bears should go sign this guy in the offseason. You're like, well, Braxton Jones is grading out better than he is. So why do we want to go make that move when we have a guy who we're going to be developing on our own time and eventually he'll get there. And by the way, just look at the look at the leap that Tevin Jenkins took from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. And now he, like, when he's not playing now, it's gotten to the point where we're begging for Tevin Jenkins to get back out on the field. Yeah. And we want to see more of him. That's the way it's going to be with Braxton Jones. Like, trust me. Trust, this is me. And trust me, By bro. the way, I don't want – like, I know – so he was – there was the whole thing with Tevin being available for emergency purposes and he didn't play in this last game. Um, and I've seen people question his toughness and all that kind of stuff, and I just want to nip that in the bud. This yep. hip injury is a lot worse than I think we all know. 100%. Um, from everything I've heard, it is a very severe hip injury. And, again, this is just another example of, I think, the Bears downplaying injuries – um, and I get why they do it, but it doesn't really do any favors to these players that now are, you know, their toughness is being called into question. Um, the fact that he even was told them I can be available if you need me should show you the toughness and the willingness to play that he has, because this hip injury is not minor. And that's no. all, that's, that's all I'll say, but it was, I, I just, I've seen that. I saw that so much on Sunday and I was just like, no dude, like he, He's hurting and, and there's risk for further damage. So you need to let these guys heal. And like, I don't know. I just, I want to get that out. It's a bad hip injury. Yeah, it is a bad hip injury. So please do not question him. And it also, you know what, going back to an earlier conversation we were having about whether it's prudent to be playing Justin Fields or not. You know, if we take, if we take a look at the approach the bears have had with Tevin Jenkins, where they're like, listen, you're part of our long-term future. You're part of our plans. Like we cannot risk you getting more damaged or anything like that. I think Justin Fields certainly falls into that category. So maybe we should just be preparing for Trevor, which is fine. We love the we love the Wildcats. We're we're huge fans. We um by the way, uh just want to remind everybody too that underdog fantasy. I'm just throwing, I usually have a clever transition to this, but just want to remind everybody that underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app sign up using the promo code sick and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 and listen your fantasy season is not going well if you listen to me and you drafted Kyle Pitts and you don't know what to do now go to underdog fantasy there's not only like traditional setups daily daily formats tournaments all that there's so many different varieties of way that you can get a little bit piece of that action on a Sunday, on Thursday, listen, you're hanging out with your, your family on Thursday. You want to have a reason to, to take an interest in all those games, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, play it, put down a little money. Underdog's going to be like, all right, we'll match it. Then you go out, you have some fun. You take home some money. If you watch Good Morning Football on Thursday, I will give you some guys that you need to be playing, and I'll even help you out. So there you go. Underdog Fantasy, we love them, and it is probably the best fantasy app out there so we implore you to go out there and use it uh let's take another question if we got an opportunity uh are you serious the bears don't have any questions as far as justin being the future of the quarterback i don't know how this how do you mean this, this is, 
No, it's he, definitely coming at me. This is what I've been me? getting online. No, it's coming at me. Mm-hmm. This is what I've been getting online the whole time. Like, are you serious? Like, Justin Fields doesn't have any more questions. Like, let whatever. Like, and I'm like, I do, I don't. I sorry, I don't agree. Like, I don't have rose colored glasses. Like, it's my job to be impartial. And like, if taking my heart out of it and how much I like him as a person and a quarterback and all that other stuff, like, there there is absolutely still like. There's, there's plays that he makes in the passing game where you're just like, oh, my God. Like, when he throws so low that he hits his own guy in the helmet, you're like, uh, like, that that stuff gives me concern. It does. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I feel like, again, this I'm not saying that you shouldn't give him more of an opportunity to develop and see if he can develop into the passer you need him to be. But right now, he has not sold me as a passer. He just hasn't. And I'm not going to go back to college and be like, well, he did all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. That was college. I know it was a big-time yeah. program, very pro-ready, ran a pro-style offense, all that good stuff. That still isn't the league. And we haven't seen enough of it at the league. So everybody could just relax, all right? I'm like – I'm trying oh. to just be impartial because mm. this is this is the evaluation I would give for any quarterback in this situation. And Bears fans are really mad at me for it, but I'm as sticking they, to it. Sorry. As they, well, first of all, as they should be. Uh, second of all, whenever like one of your friends is dating somebody new, are you the last person to give the final seal of approval? Yeah, thousand you gotta be. You gotta be. Okay, that's, that's, that's fair. That's that's fine. You're like, I don't know. You've been dating this person for three years. What do you think? I'm not that like, bad. I'm not there yet. You're like, okay, we're getting married, but okay. Uh, no, I'm just I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing it. No, I like that. Listen, it makes it interesting. I I understand where you're coming from. It's fair. It's fair to have some concerns. There's things that we watch. Like I'm a human being with eyes. I can be. I can watch him throw the ball off somebody's helmet and be like, okay, like we need to clean that up. But at the same time, you're like, you know, he's second year guy, got to clean it up. Hasn't even finished his second year. Like there's yes. something. Listen, yes. he's not. He's I'm not just not ready to here. commit to him for the next decade and a half. That's all. All right. Well, I'm at the I'm at the jewelry shop. I've already I've already I've already purchased the ring. So you okay. Get on yeah. If I'm soon. the one that waits a little while, though, you're the one that's like, all right, six months. This is it. I got him. We're all good. Right. I I show up to the second date with a with a ring, um, which is fair. I understand. That's the that's the that's the person that I am. Uh, okay. So uh, thanks, James, for for writing in. Let's go to another question. We've got one, Sammy. By the way, if I could point out to wait, hold on, I'll take this one. A showcase Simeon and other second stringers, which could give us some trade capital and help with the team next year. I think you're talking about things that we could play for. Listen, we're looking. I, I like that, Steve. Like we're looking for depth. Like we yeah. really do want to make sure that some of these guys that are, you know, not just Justin Fields and not just you know some of the young receivers or whatever. There's a lot of people. We we need some depth. Like Jack Sanborn. Like if you, as much as we're enjoying. Justin Fields, and rightfully so, and all the fantasy dorks get into it too. I show up if, if Trevor or Trevor, if Justin is not playing this weekend, I show up to Rip Beer Company in Huntington Beach, PCH location, just wanting to see Jack Sanborn because I think that he is fantastic. I know that our friends over on Good Morning Football love Jack Sanborn. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of guys that you can still like, there's a lot of things to be watching with this. Well, with and had it not been for, you know, Roquan's departure, some injuries and stuff like you wouldn't even know what you had in Jack Sanborn. Yeah. So like, I do think that there's value in playing second string guys because you need to know what, not only that you have depth, but the quality of that depth, which mm. is a big thing. So, you know, you're not going to know it unless you get these guys, you know, some, some game reps and, and see what they can actually do again, though, that's not how, coaches are wired (laughs) like they're not just going to be like yeah we're just gonna sit the starters in the middle of the season because we got nothing else to play for so here throw the backups in like so we can see what they can do i mean that's not it could be in their best interest to do that but that's not how that's not how coaches are wired that's not they're still they're they're like you adam they're trying to win the game right uh that's what the vikings should have done though uh is bench all think about quality depth that doesn't exist in minnesota (laughs) no what a what a ter- first of all, what a terrible performance that was. How can anybody take the Vikings seriously moving forward? I know you gotta oh, go there this weekend. Go that far. No, no, no. It's done. They're finished. They're fraudulent. They're not no, one game does not listen. I when I was with the Bucks, the Super Bowl season, 
They lost 38-3 to the New Orleans Saints. They lost both times to the New Orleans Saints really bad, but one was a 38-3 drubbing on Sunday night football. It was awful. But the Bucs weren't frauds. Like, it's just that happens. And, like, I mean, the Eagles losing to the Commanders, do we really think that the Eagles are frauds? Minnesota has a very complete team. They were missing multiple defensive starters. You had Christian Derisaw go out again. Got, like, they're not playing him this week. Thank God. He's two, two straight concussions. He was, do you know he was the highest graded offensive lineman in the league going into that week mm. by like PFF grades? So, like, that was a big loss. And you get behind the chains, you, you know, you become one dimensional, you get behind the scoreboard. And that's what ended up happening to these guys. And, and Dallas had something to prove from the week before. So they were just piling on. And I don't think that that means Minnesota are, Minnesota's fraudulent. I just think it was a bad loss. Yeah, but we'll we'll see how they bounce back on Thursday. They've got a short week. And uh, uh, I don't know. I'd like, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying they're frauds. They have a very complete team. They just that, don't have depth. Justin Fields has to jump through so many hoops to earn your appeal. And the Vikings, you lose 90 to nothing. And you're like, oh, you're fine, guys. Listen, this reminds me of a story. When I was, when I was a, a, a wee lad, I was, I was a little youngster, little, little youngling. And I remember in 1985, I couldn't have been more than five or six, my daughter's age. Um, and I was, I, I told my father, I said, I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys worry me. And they were going down to play the Cowboys. My dad's like, it doesn't matter. Like they don't, there's nothing. No, the Cowboys are terrible. And then like, there was a big sign. The old timers will, will know this. The big sign that said like, call the, call the Maytag repairman. The refrigerator is going to be out of service. Something like that. So I'm like, dad, I go, I don't know. I go, we're, we're in trouble here. This is going to be a bad game. My dad was like, not even. And then, of course, the Bears win 44 to nothing. Fast forward to the playoffs. Now, the Cowboys are in the other bracket. They're going on the road to play the L.A. Rams. The Bears are playing host of the Giants. Bears win. No worries. My dad goes, this Cowboys team is going to lose so horrifically because they don't want to go see the Bears. They're done being embarrassed. And they lost 20 to nothing. That reminds me of this Vikings team. Just a bunch of paper champions. Go out and throw on your gold chains, Kirk Cousins. Drink your bush light. Or maybe that was Trevor Simmons. That was Taylor Taylor Heineken. Whatever. Uh, Kirk Cousins was drinking a milkshake. Whatever it was. I will not take the Vikings seriously ever. Ever. Because of that. That's me. I'm a bad person. I've already anointed. I've already crowned Justin Fields. I've written off the Vikings. I actually am probably the worst influence. On you. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, we well, need not to find the influence. No offense. <laughs> we need to have the uh, the, 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 the happy medium. Uh, yeah. What about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about another question, Sammy? Do we got somebody out there? Uh, how much do you think the Bears get in return if, say, they were the number two pick in the draft and traded back to the 10-15 range? I mean, you think about what they gave up for Justin Fields just to move up to number 10. Oh, if they landed that top five, they're either going to get an excellent player or they are going to get a bounty for one of those yeah. quarterbacks, I would suggest. I mean, that's the thing is like people will overpay for quarterbacks. I'm going to go to the Jimmy Johnson uh, trade val- or draft valuation card chart. Um, is that a thing? As you're pulling it up, as yeah. we're, uh, by the way, as you're clearing the air on that, I want to let everybody know uh, we spend 90% of our time indoors. An indoor air can be five times dirtier than the air outside. An air pura air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke, chemicals, and viruses from your breathing air. And if you go right now to airpura.com, use the code 67, you will get 7% off your, 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 your order there. An air pura air purifier is the way to go that if you want to keep your air clean at home, uh, I have one. I love it. I can't imagine life without it. So we appreciate them uh, being a part of the show. And I hope that gave you enough time to, to pull this up. Because I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's a hefty, hefty yeah, I mean, you're talking about a difference of like 700 valuation points when you're talking about going from like the top five down to like maybe 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what I'm going off of anyway. And I mean, that's the equivalent of a top second round pick. Um, you know, like 
more than that. It's like a second round, the, a very top of the second round pick plus a third rounder. Yeah. Something along those lines um, in that current draft. But like, even that being said, you know, if you're talking like, that's just based on the, the valuation that we give these picks. If you're trading up for a quarterback, you're going to overpay and teams know that. So like yeah. you can gouge these guys. Um, so I would think multiple picks in this draft, um, you know, and I, like, I think that people get in really the first the following year. Yeah. And then plus like something the following year, I think people get really caught up in the hype of like f- the first round, second, third, fourth round picks, especially now, like these days, those are starters too. Yeah. Like you're, those are very, very valuable picks. So like you can get multiple picks within those rounds this year and next. Um, and not to mention, I mean, like you, you, you can start throwing in like trades, of like current players and, and whatever it is. Like, you know, if the bears want like a, you know, the, some veteran presence on the offensive line or defensive line, even um, those kind of th- kinds of things can be thrown in. But again, quarterback needy teams will overpay and the bears would be, would be, would have an excellent position as far as leverage goes. And they could add to their draft capital even more. Yeah. My, my dream is that the giants have to come up and uh, trade us and get our first round pick to take their quarterback. And then we end up, you know, taking a lot of a lot of value from them and uh, kind of a, a return favor for what we did with the Justin Fields trade. And it all works out. Like, we all go. I would like to see, yeah, you do secure, because we probably don't need them this year. I would like to secure more picks for next year. 100%. Like, you know, the 2023 draft is one thing, but like you already have eight picks in that draft. They're going to be very valuable picks. Plus you've got the cap space to handle it. Um, but I would like to see them set themselves up for years to come because that was so opposite of what the last regime did. Yeah. Um, like think long-term and if, and that seems to be what this regime is doing is building the foundation and thinking long-term and building like at a slow and steady pace. So if you could get really, really high picks for the next year's draft, that would be a home run in my part, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, yeah, because if you could imagine that the Bears were playing very well in 2023, like if they were having a season similar to what the Jets are doing and they're out there in their contention, but we are at, we have a better quarterback situation, even though don't tell Carmen. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. Um, but if you're playing so well and then you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have the Giants 2024 pick. The Eagles. Oh. The Eagles this year. The Eagles yeah, are playing fantastic the Eagles, and they yeah. got a top 10 pick in the first round. So they're likely going to have a top 10 pick in the first round. Yes, they got multiple first round picks, despite the fact that they are playing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. The Eagles, uh, the Eagles are always my default of the team that I want to follow. Yeah. They're the perfect example. Howard Roseman for president. Seriously. Unbelievable. He's he's, Um, he's fantastic at his job. Unbelievable. And uh, you know what? Yeah. You got to admire them. Although I will say, I love the Eagles. They're coming into the season. They were my pick to win the NFC. Uh, after watching San Francisco last night, I might have to. Oh, I, might have to I have to might have to change my mind a little bit. Them and the Lions have the longest uh, active winning streak in the NFC. All right, you know. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I love the fact that the Lions are doing this. Like, perfect. You lose a bunch of games, take yourself out of the playoff race, then you win these other games when you should be tanking uh, to get a quarterback. Be like, no, no, no. Start winning, geniuses. Perfect. You're not going anywhere. Uh, go win. And then keep- I do think it might save Dan Campbell and his staff, which I, I feel like they deserve a little another year. No, no, no. They deserve 12 years. Like, never get rid of Dan Campbell. The, the Lions, listen, we don't need the Lions to ever be good. We just need them to be entertaining. entertaining. Like, entertain us. Be a coach that's a lot of fun. Mm. Have a lot of high-profile players, especially on offense, that do a lot of fun things that we can do for our fantasy leagues. See, that would have been the perfect time to segue into underdog fantasy. But um, – but no, that's what we that's what we want from the Lions. Like you're mid card jobbers. You're not you're not you're not upper tier. You're not a plus. You're not like a top franchise that we need you to be good. You're fine. You're Detroit. Be right there in the middle. You're very mid. Be best of the mid if you want. You can win a you can win the Intercontinental title or whatever. We'll put the uh, the TNT title on you. Whatever it is, we don't need you to be good. Uh, by the way, before we uh, bring out another question, if uh, this is very personal, if uh, if Kush is listening. If we could do breakfast tomorrow instead of something this evening, that would actually work out better for me. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's watching right now. But in any event, um, that's that was my personal that was my personal business. I could have texted him, but now I wanted to show off. Uh, how about another question though? 
Are you okay with the Bears playing well but losing to get a better draft pick? Ethan, no, that's not me. I'm a winner. <laughs> you. I want to you win. You just games. came down on the Lions for, for doing this. I know, but you just I came down on them. I'm a walking contradiction. What do you want from me? I still enjoy winning, but I don't know. Okay, fine. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I don't want, listen, I mean, it's probably the dumbest thing to do like that. I'm sure, you know, draft doctor Phil and I talk about this all the time. Like everybody tries to make us feel better and be like, well, at least we're, we're doing the draft picks, but it's like, you know what? Again, I go back to the point of, I want our players to be rewarded yeah. for their efforts because we matter. Like we're, we're a franchise that matters. We need to build a winning culture. The lions don't need to, what are they building a winning culture for <laughs> to go eight and seven? What is it? I can't even think of like what a what a team's record is now because the stupid seventeenth game. Which, by the way, we need to get rid of that. Go back to go back to fourteen. Like let these players go balls out. Fourteen games, multiple bye weeks. Spread it out. I know everybody's like, oh, well, I just want good football. I just want football, like or good football. Well, the, so okay, this is something that kind of just entered into my head, but I think it's worth talking about, and it's my, a little bit of a tangent, but like. I think there's been more parity in the NFL and we've seen a lot more bad football this year. I don't think that's a coincidence that, oh, when there's an uptick in and an emphasis on Thursday night games, there's an extra game added to the schedule. Like, I don't think that's an accident. Like you want good football. Great. But the more you stretch this out, the worse the the product is going to get. Like, it's like, it's like any manufacturer, like when they start as like a mom and pop shop and they're so good and then they like go mass produced and then all of a sudden the quality goes all the way down. Like that's the same thing here. Look at me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm making analogies just like Adam is. I love it. Um, Adam does. Amazing. (laughs) But like, if you walked into the original Chipotle, it was amazing. Yeah. But now people are getting sick all the time. Yeah. Now with the NFL, people are getting injured all the time. Like I will be very interested to see like the injury numbers and all that kind of stuff after we have a few more years of this. But I'm with you. Like I honestly, I think the Thursday night games need to go. Like gotta go away. Like I love the Amazon product too, which is the ironic part of all of this. Like I love the next gen stats look. I think that's really fun, and I think it's it's it helps you really watch football from a very educated perspective. Um, but the Thursday night games need to go. Like it's yeah. not good for anyone i know every single player and coach hates them um like it's it's just a stress and it's just like it's a blatant money grab um by by the league essentially and it's exploiting these guys and their bodies and stuff and i get like there is no off season in the nfl anymore either like this is like these guys have to stay conditioned the entire off season if they have a chance or a prayer to be ready for the nfl season when it comes back around like they really between OTAs and 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 mini camps and all that kind of stuff. Like these guys only get like a solid six weeks off during the year. I know that sounds insane, but it's true. And I'm like, that's not fair for these guys. These guys not are taking all. a beating week in and week out. So go back to the 14 game schedule. Get rid of the Thursday night game. I'm fine with it. Man, I was looking at my NFL Network schedule in February, and it was like, oh, like uh, I had a date. They they booked a date for me for February 3rd. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, so I'm going to be here the week before the week, the uh, Super Bowl weekend. I'm like, oh, wait, no. Super Bowl is, Super Bowl is the like, next weekend. <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I, I really, I, people get really mad at me because I've said this online. I go, you know what? There's six teams in your division. So if you play those teams six times and then you play two other divisions with four teams, six plus eight equals 14. Perfect amount of games to play. And everybody hates that idea. Like, oh, I just love football. Like, you know what? You can watch college football. You can find whatever. And we could also space out some bye weeks to make it a little bit more palatable. And I'm not completely adverse to Thursday night games if you have a bye week in front of it. Like, if you have the teams coming off a bye week and playing and then stretching it out and then they get to play, whatever it is, like, figure it out. Like, it's, it's not as difficult as they're making it out to be. And it's like, you know what? Like you want the product to be good because eventually people are going to stop watching, you know, these Thursday night games. Like there's sometimes that these Thursday night games, you're like, I'm not watching it. Like I went to Hamilton. What was the word? What was the terrible one? It was the Broncos, right? It was Broncos Colts. Like I went to Hamilton that night. I made the right decision. And, you know, before I went into the performance, I looked down at Twitter real quick. Um, So I was waiting for my daughter. She went into the bathroom. So I wasn't like ignoring my kid. Uh, and I looked down and it, you could just tell immediately, like, oh, I made the right call. 
Um, they need to fix that. Like they really do. So I know that wasn't what people wanted to hear. And everybody's like no. probably tuned out now. And like, it's definitely not what people want to hear. But like when you work in sports media too, like the fact that the NFL like cycle runs year round, like yeah, there is no off season. There is not. And that. our bosses love to say that too. Like, oh, there's no off season. You're like, that's not a, that's not the victory lap we should be taking. No, uh, but uh, how about another question? We can bring it back to the bears uh, as we close out here on a Tuesday night. Uh, if there's another question running back, Daryl Henderson was waived from LA. Should we have any interest? You know, what's funny is uh, I saw that he tweeted out how happy it was to be gone from LA I almost replied, like, welcome to Chicago. Because I feel like in the short term, he could be a, a very valuable piece. Uh, have you heard anything about Daryl Henderson possibly coming to the Bears? Uh, no, I mean, I haven't necessarily heard anything about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the short term with Khalil Herbert hurt and, right. and all that kind of stuff. You like, But, I mean, at the same time, too, it's like, for, for what? Like, I, hmm. Yeah, you might as well um, let him clear waivers. Yeah, you're like he has to clear waivers first, and then uh, if he becomes a free agent, then he's going to have his pick though too. Yeah, and I don't know how many teams will be interested in in Daryl Henderson, but I mean, I, I feel like everybody likes to have running back depth, and you can kind of just stick a running back on your on the back end of your roster, and if you can go to somebody that's more of a contender, think you would. But yeah, I mean that's all dependent on him clearing waivers and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I think that the Bears could use it, you know, especially if Justin Fields is going to be out and you're going to have to lean on your run game that much more. Um, but oh yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. I, I would take I would take a flyer on him. How's no, that? totally, totally. I wouldn't want to pay a lot of money for him. Uh, but again, yeah, yeah, you run into that that point too that if he does clear waivers and gets an opportunity to sign with whatever team, I guess the one team that might make the most sense. And if he does uh, fall down to them would be Kansas city who will be running out Isaiah Pacheco uh, for the short term. CEH is going to be out. Pacheco though. Don't they like, they do like him. He rushed for a hundred yards, 107 yards against the chargers on Sunday night. Although the chargers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs over the last month. So I don't know how much you can trust on that, but they like Isaiah Pacheco. They still haven't really used Sky more yet either. So there is an opportunity. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, that'll be, and Melvin Gordon is available. See, Melgo might actually make more sense for the Chiefs because uh, division guy coming in. Although, what do the Chiefs really need to learn about the Broncos other than that offense is terrible? By the way, think about all the things that we've avoided over the past couple of years. Like, we could have had Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr would have been bad. But uh, think about what we would have paid to get Russell Wilson. And, you know, I like Russell, but it's like, I don't know. Something, something, doesn't, something doesn't drive. Uh, I feel like we could be in a very bad situation like the Denver Broncos right now had we done that. So who knows? What about one more question, Sam? Is there one more that we have? Uh, how would you rank the starting quarterbacks in the NFC North right now? Oh, you know me. JF one, number one, and then the rest of them, I don't care. Uh, what about you? You're writing this for Fox Sports. Who is your number yeah, one? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, really. And I think that it would d- depend on how you were, what you were grading off of. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, the body work that Aaron Rodgers has put together is just unmatched. Like, yeah, it's, it's, he, a lot of the blame for what's happening in Green Bay falls on him. But at the same time, he was able to do a lot with a little for such a long time. So I think he's still by far and away the best quarterback in this division. Um, I think I would, I would do it more of like a, all right, Justin Fields is the most exciting quarterback in this division. Um, Kirk Cousins is the most quarterback in this division. Like he's just there. Like there's nothing. He's fine. He's, he's, he's not reverting entirely back into, you know, primetime or big game Kirk. But like, I feel like this is a better year for him, but it's still not great. Um, and then Jared Goff is, yeah. He listen, he's he, he's Goff, and like he's you, you live and die by the sword with him. I feel like you know he was very productive, mostly die. Yeah, mostly die. Well, in the beginning of the season, I mean, that offense was scoring was averaging thirty five points a game, not not you know not not related to or not um, because of J- Jared Goff. Like Jared Goff was slinging it. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say. 
Then what happened? Uh, he ran into Bill Belichick and got ruined. Yeah, and then and then, but now like I don't know, like they're they're kind of fun again, and he's kind of dealing again, and like he's doing some things. So like I don't really know what to make of him, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'd probably go Rogers, Fields, Cousins, Goff. All right, fair enough. I would I would flip Fields and uh, Aaron Rodgers, but that's me because yeah, I'm a homer, and everybody knows this about me, and that's why they love me. Uh, not that they don't love you. But how can they find you on the social media trail? It's at Carmi V on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and that's it. So you're going to Minnesota. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving watching Thank the you. Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick's coming for Kirk Cousins. I feel bad. Oh, oh, absolutely. And plus, their left tackle's out, so he's going to attack. Ooh. That, the, yeah, Christian Derrissaw being out is not does not spell something good for Kirk Cousins. We'll see if he can stay upright. We'll see. It'll be a great game. So enjoy your holiday. As always, we we appreciate you being here, Carmen. We appreciate everybody who's been joining us, who is still, you know, continuing to watch the show. We really appreciate that as well. I know that things have not have worked out as well as we have liked it uh, record-wise. And I know that Justin Fields is battling through some injuries too, which will probably dampen our enthusiasm just a little bit. But I still believe that the Bears have a lot of good things going forward for them. A lot of good things in the future. So, you know what? Let's just all show up and watch Jack Sanborn this week and all these young bears trying to make their mark in the NFL. So for Carmen, Sammy, Anello, uh, I'm Adam Rank. Bear down. And uh, Sammy, go ahead and play us. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.